Yes, hi, good morning everyone. Welcome along to Tradies News in a nutshell. Middle of the week, Wednesday morning, the 19th of April 2023. My name, Daniel Pettigrew, with you for the next hour. We are broadcasting through SEN 1170 AM in Sydney, SENQ 693 AM in Brisbane and SEN 1620 AM on the Gold Coast. Good to be with you for another weekday morning. one 1170 is our open line number. You can send a text anytime 0457 couple of the Char Grilled Charlie vouchers to give away this morning as well. And that's all before Vossie and, Brand, uh, Vossie and James Magnuson this morning. Of course, it's Brandy's. RDO. He's been working hard this week, so he's off on a Wednesday, but Missile will be with Vossi. Vossi and James Magnuson after 6am. For our Queensland listers, uh, you will get Pat and Heels from 6am. A lot to get through, though, in the course of the next hour. Some major selection calls from a lot of sides. We'll get to them in just a second. Uh, Maddie Cox, host of Tradies News in Melbourne, will join me in about 15 minutes. We'll talk all things sports, some of the big issues of the week, and what to hear from you most importantly this morning, one 1170 our open line number, or you can send a text, 0457 736 736. The Hot Topic, thanks to Rain, built tough for Aussie conditions. When it comes to water heating, ask your plumber to install a Rain. Yeah, does your hot water need replacing? Go steady, hot and strong. Ask your plumber to install a ream. All right, two past five. Let's get to the news of the day, and I want your reactions to all of this and more as we get through the course of the next hour. As I say, a couple of Char Grill Charlie vouchers to give away this morning on the show. Now, the big news uh, that was broken around about 2.33 o'clock yesterday afternoon, um, and it's a bit of a weird one. It caught some people by surprise, but I heard and I saw Paul Kent on NRL 360 last night saying that, uh, and he summed it up well, whilst it caught people by surprise, it also wasn't a surprise. It's it's a bit of a weird one. Sam Walker dropped from the Sydney Roosters uh, after seven rounds of this year's NRL season, two consecutive losses to both the Melbourne Storm and the Cronulla Sharks, and he's gone for the Anzac Day match. He has been named on the extended bench, but highly unlikely you would think he would play unless Coach Trent Robinson is playing some serious uh, games. Um, I mentioned it on Monday morning um, that the halves for the Roosters on Friday night, both Luke Keary and Sam Walker, and the same thing could be said the week before against the Melbourne Storm, would, it would definitely not up to what you'd be expecting from players that well, Kiri's won multiple premierships. Walker has a lot of raps on him. And I mentioned that they need to get Joey Manu involved in the game more. But I also did say that I'd be surprised if he made any changes, Trent Robinson, because you're not used to the Roosters, uh, especially under Trent Robinson, who's been coached for 10 years. You're not used to them making panic decisions. Now, whether this could be called a panic decision or not, time will tell. But... No Sam Walker. So Joey Manu moves into that 5'8 position. Um, and good to see, just on some good news, uh, Angus Crichton back in that squad. But ha- having only played one game over the course of the weekend, what do you make of it? Um, I said a couple of things on Twitter yesterday. Whether either of them deserve to be dropped, uh, Kiri or Walker, is debatable. But I look, while Sam Walker hasn't been playing well, I have to say the other dominant half, Luke Keary, the senior half, um, hasn't really been playing well either. Um, 
Do you think Trent Robinson's got it right by dropping Sam Walker? 0457 736 736 or 1300 01 1170. Um, and if you were Trent Robinson, and look, I know there's not a lot of love for the Roosters if you're not a Roosters fan, but if you were Trent Robinson and you were going to drop either one of these players, would you have dropped Kiri? Would you have dropped Walker? I suppose when you talk about Luke Kiri, uh, he's won premierships. He's had the experience. Uh, he's been around for many, many years now. We know how good of a player he can be. So probably is allowed and probably rightfully so, a bit of extra time to prove himself. But it's going to be very interesting to see how it plays out because I think what this definitely does do, we've seen Joey Manu at 5'8 before, and look, he's been very good, but not week in, week out. Still remains to be seen whether that will be the case, whether he does stay there long term or Sam Walker comes back in in a few weeks' time. But what I think it does do over the course, definitely next week, um, if... Joey Manu does play 5'8", and we believe everything we're told. Puts a lot of pressure on Luke Keery when he has been struggling this year already. Do you back him to um, be able to handle that? Did Trent Robertson make the right call? Would you have dropped Sam Walker? Yes or no? And if you were going to drop one of them, would it have been Keery? Would it have been Walker? Interesting um, that Ben Walker has backed the demotion of Sam Walker but an interesting line in the paper today, uh, off the back page of the Daily Telegraph, uh, that it says in the article, now um, take it with a grain of salt, but it does say it is understood Walker feels shackled by the Roosters' playing style and is keen to run their offence. So that is interesting as well, that it seems that Sam Walker wants to be the main playmaker, but obviously Luke Keery uh, in charge as the senior playmaker. And maybe Walker has just been sitting back a little bit. Going to be very interesting. The game's still six days away on Anzac Day, but we'll wait and see what happens. Did he get it right? 0457 736 736 or 1300 01 1170. Some other interesting team news as well. Brendan Wakeham named at 5'8 for the West Tigers for their game against Manly this weekend. Um, and also one we were talking about yesterday on the show, Caelan Ponga making his return for the Newcastle Knights. But um, unfortunately for Tyson Gamble, who's played really well, that means he goes back to the bench. Lockie Miller keeps that fullback spot, and it was hard to see Lockie Miller losing that fullback spot. I did see some people uh, on Twitter saying they would have preferred Ponga to come off the bench. I don't think that was ever going to happen. Uh, but your thoughts on all of that, 0457 736 736 or 1300 01 1170. And this on the back page of the Sydney Morning Herald this morning. Um, and I mentioned this in passing yesterday as a bit of a, a comment um, about Craig Bellamy and how good it would it be to see him go around again in 2024. Well, he is giving serious consideration to coaching on in 2024. I feel like we've been here before with Craig Bellamy. In fact, I know we have. I think probably about 365 days ago, we were here with Craig Bellamy, who was on NRL 360, I think it was just in the lead up to the season, saying that he's pretty sure that this will be his last year. But he's now expected to make a, def a definite call in the coming days in a move that will have implications for St. George Illawarra's search for their next coach. Now, the Dragons board meant yesterday 
to discuss potential replacements for Anthony Griffin, but will hold off on the interview process until a decision is made on the incumbent coach. A likely target is Jason Riles, although developments in Melbourne will affect the Dragons' chances of snaring him. So we know Bellamy was expected to finish uh, his career at the end of this season before shifting to an off-field role with the Storm. However, Bellamy has told those close to him he's leaning towards another year in charge, which would extend one of the great Australian coaching careers. So Bellamy, as I said, a bit of deja vu here. Looks like he may well continue into 2024. Be good for the Melbourne Storm. Might even be good for the Dragons. If they want Jason Riles and Craig Bellamy still coaching, he's not going to go to the Melbourne Storm. So maybe this opens the door for Riles and the Dragons. And where does Craig Bellamy sit on the list of all-time great coaches around the world? Like your thoughts this morning, 0457 736 736 or 1300 0111 70. Where does he sit? And give me some other great coaches and managers, not just in rugby league, but in any sport. Who have been the great coaches of all time, the great managers of all time? 0457 736 736 or 1300 0111 70. So that's just a couple of things on our agenda. A couple of char grilled Charlie vouchers to give away this morning as well. Trent Robinson, did he get it right? Reece Sam Walker and Craig Bellamy looking like he's going to stay for another year. Who are some of the great coaches and managers of all time? 0457 736 736, our text number. You can call the open line 1300 0111 70. It is 10 past five. After this, we'll have a chat with Matty Cox, host of Tradies News in Melbourne. We are going to have a chat with Matty Cox, uh, host of Tradies News in Melbourne, in about 30 seconds. Sam Walker, Trent Robinson, did he get it right? And Craig Bellamy, looks like he's going to go on for another year. Uh, is that the right decision? And who are some of the great coaches and managers of all time in sport? 0457 736 736 is our text number. Or you can call the open line 1300 01 1170 if you want to get in contact with us. Now it is time to cross down to Melbourne and have a chat with Matty Cox in Melbourne, host of Tradies News. Good morning to you, Dan. Hello, Maddie. Another good music to start us off on this Wednesday morning. Yeah, it's just a bit of a uh, the stones to uh, get us up and about. Mm, oh, of course, yeah. you would have. Mm, mm. Uh, I saw them back in two thousand and five. I think it was uh, almost front row seats, actually. Oh, right Keep pumping, keep pumping uh, yourself up. No, I actually buy it very quickly by accident because we brought the cheap seats, <laughs> and for some reason, the cheap seats were right at the front. So couldn't argue. Is there tickets you haven't secured yourself? Uh, uh, <laughs> uh, not that I can think of. Uh, well, when you say secure, I do pay for these tickets. But it's... Oh, sure you do. <laughs> no, no, I'm sure do. you do. No, trust me, I do, unfortunately. <laughs> God, I just shake my head in mm. disbelief. How are you on this Wednesday morning? I am very good, Manny. Uh, middle of the week, week is flying. Another round of the NRL AFL beginning over the next couple of days. Very exciting stuff. It always is. Now, you've alerted me to uh, something that's splashed on the back page of your papers up mm. in your neck of the woods, which concerns someone from our backyard, Craig Bellamy. Willie, won't he, Willie, won't he, Willie, won't he. 
What's he What's he doing now? What's the What's the headline? Well, I said it's a bit of, before the break to my listeners. It's a bit of deja vu because I'm sure we've been here before with Craig Bellamy. Have we, have we been here before? We've been here about five times. Oh, I think so. I think it was almost to this very day last year. I was talking about the same thing. A couple of years ago, it was the same thing. So he came out on NRL 360. I think it was the week leading up to the season and he was interviewed and he said, look, Highly likely that this is going to be his last year coaching in the NRL and then we'll move to an off-field role with the Melbourne Storm. But back page of today's Sydney Morning Herald uh, says that he is giving serious consideration to coaching on in 2024 and he is expected to make a call in the coming days. Apparently, he's told many those close to him he's leaning towards another year in charge, um, which has ramifications about the St. George Laura Dragons, who also look like they're on the hunt for another coach. But, yep, it looks like Craig Bellamy could well be going around again in 2024 uh, for at least one more year. We'll see. But they, uh, that's what's on the back page of their Herald today. It's almost becoming a predictable talkback topic. Every, every <laughs> stage of the year, this seems to, to bob up. But it's also very similar to what we've got unfolding here in the AFL with our CEO, Gil McLaughlin, because mm. for a long period of time, he, he's been out the door, but he's still in the position and there's still no replacement. Is it a similar story for Craig Bellamy, the fact that they haven't been able to appoint a successor, that that's the reason why he's got this lure to continue? It's funny you mentioned Gil. I want to ask you something about him in just a second. But no, I, look, I don't think it is. Obviously, anyone that is going to replace Craig Bellamy is going to have a big job ahead of them. Um, and Melbourne, whilst they've been playing well and been making finals, of course, won a premiership three years ago, back in 2020. Uh, that was Cameron Smith's last year with the Melbourne Storm. They're not the same side. They've still got some very good players, but they're not the same side of uh, the era when they had uh, Cronk, Smith, Slater, amongst others there. Uh, now they've still got Munster and Pappenhausen when he makes his way back onto the field, Harry Grant. So, look, they're still a strong side, but it, it would be harder, I would imagine, taking over the Melbourne Storm now as if you were asked to take over the Melbourne Storm 10 years ago when you had those uh, big three players. But no, the succession plan, uh, I think, is there. They've got a few options, um, which is why um, there's a few ramifications for the Dragons because the one person's name that has been mentioned uh, quite frequently outside of Billy Slater, and we don't know if Slater wants to go into coaching or not. So he's probably the wild card in all of this. But Jason Riles, who currently is an assistant coach at the Roosters, but has spent time at the Melbourne Storm, um, he a lot of talk that he would be the one that the Melbourne Storm would want. Only issue in that regard is he is contracted at the Roosters until the end of next year. Now, you may find that the Roosters would let him go anyway. Who knows? But Jason Riles and Billy Slater seem to be the two people mentioned obviously Riles with probably more coaching experience on a week-to-week basis than Billy Slater so it is going to be interesting to see how it plays out you mentioned Gil I was thinking about this the other day I swear I read an article a year ago saying he was leaving at the end of last year or something along those lines anyway didn't I you did, you did, and you've probably read the same story about four times since that original article as well because originally it was until the end of last season and then the ongoing issue with Tasmania and then we've also got the investigation into the Hawthorne footy club that seems as though Gil wants to remain at the AFL until there is some sort of resolution on that or those two fronts really the Tasmanian one 
we're probably going to get a, a certain decision in May. But then again, that's something else we've been saying for the last couple of years as mm. well. But with the federal budget in May regarding funding for the stadium down in Tassie, we feel as if that's what's keeping him secure. But the, the other issue that has been a part of this story surrounding Gill and, and the CEO position at the AFL is the fact that there's no one that's being appointed. You would have thought that, okay, Gill can remain in the position mm. and, and continue to get the things that he wants done ticked off his agenda or ticked mm. off the to-do list. But have someone waiting in the wings know who he's handing over all the other stuff to so that they can start working and preparing for the future. That hasn't been the case. There's contenders across the board, both internally and externally at the AFL. Mm. And there's, it seems as though every week there's, there's a new favourite in terms of who is going to take that position. We were hoping to get some clarity around it ahead of gather round last weekend, but that mm. didn't arrive. So it's, it's a very similar situation is that we've been told about three or four times that Gil would be departing and he remains in the position. And now there's no real time frame. I don't think, mm. mind you, many people would say that from this point last year, there hasn't really <laughs> been a time frame either, but I don't feel as if they've put a full stop now on when he will wrap up the position because there's no one to hand it off to. And the other thing in this story, just as a side note, is that we're still searching for a footy operations boss as well at the AFL. Brad Scott held that role for the last couple of years, but relinquished it at the end of last season to take on the coaching role at Essendon. So we're still searching for someone in that position. So two crucial positions at the AFL are required to be filled and we don't really see either of them uh, yet or a direction on where those people are going to come from to fill those positions. Yeah, really, really interesting. Now, I know we've got a couple of other topics to talk about, but before we go, I do have a text for you. I'll leave it until the end of our chat, but just don't let me forget. I've got, I've got no, a good text normal, here. Not, not normal feedback after the one that you gave uh, me last uh, week, is it? Actually, a question uh, from one of our listeners towards you, uh, but we'll get to right that. Up. We'll get to that, Matty. It's I'll all good. Look, look forward all to that. All in good time. I've got a question for you, mm. and uh, I've given you some notice that, yes. that this was, was coming. We had Josh Giddy on SEN Breakfast on Monday morning with yep. Kane Corns and Nathan Buckley, and it was great. It was refreshing to hear from him after what's been another whirlwind season for him and the talent that he's showing and the, the attention that he's gathering in the US. I want to quickly play you the, this grab because it talks, well, it's him talking about the prospect of playing with the Boomers at this year's World Cup. Have a listen. You know, you grow up, especially as a basketball player, wanting to be a part of, a, a, you know, the green and gold at a World Cup or an Olympic Games. And um, I was no different. You know, I remember, you know, when the Olympics were going on and I was in, I would have been, I think, 12 years old and it was in London. And um, I remember taking, you know, days off school to, to watch, sit there and, and watch those games. And um, I've always dreamt of, you know, playing for the Boomers. And, uh, you know, I've had a couple... Um, couple brief stints, you know, playing for, for Australia, whether that's juniors or um, with the senior team, you know, a few years back. But um, now that I think Australian talent is as good as it's ever been, um, this World Cup's going to be, you know, probably the most real chance we've ever had um, to win a gold medal. So I'll definitely be there and uh, very excited for it. 
So that was Josh Giddy, SEN Breakfast on Monday. Just a little plug. You can catch up on the uh, podcast, sen.com.au or the SEN app. That's my job done for breakfast. Well done, correct. Um, the the question that I've got for you. Yep. Or oh, actually, there's there's two questions. Okay. There's, there's two tangents that we can go down from, mm. from that grab. One, how refreshing is it to hear... Josh, in a setting where he, he's got the spotlight firmly on him in the States mm. from an NBA perspective and, and the talent that he has shown, and he's going to be capable of achieving anything over mm. there. It's, it's all within his grasp. Mm. And it is so refreshing to hear that national selection is still front of mind that it's still so pure that even though he's he's got all the success and all the fame over in the States, he still wants to pull on the green and gold jumper. It is just so refreshing to hear that mm. in, in a world which is highly commercialised now, and we even talk from a cricket perspective about the desire to put on the baggy green with all the T20 tournaments occurring around the world. Mm. To hear Josh say that I thought was incredibly refreshing. And the second question I'll pose to to you, Dan, Mm. can the boomers generate as much passion, excitement at the World Cup that they've got this year as the Socceroos did Mm. last year? Because on paper, if you're looking at the team that they're going to assemble for that World Cup, it's hard not to fall in love with them. Yeah, you're right. Firstly, uh, what you said about Josh Gideon, his passion to play for Australia, I think that's fantastic. We hear about it locally a lot, but then you, you can sort of uh, move it towards, as you mentioned, cricket or rugby league, where you, obviously the baggy green, the pinnacle of playing for Australia, but now we're or playing cricket, but now we see, as you mentioned, a lot of the 2020 stuff going on, rugby league, the same with origin. Uh, some people say that's the pinnacle of the game. But to your second question, that's going to be interesting, isn't it? Because the Socceroos, now I, I was overseas, but I was following what was happening um, here. The Socceroos in each World Cup, and it doesn't just have to be the one, Matty, that was played four or five months ago. Doesn't matter how well they're playing and whether they win a game or lose all three, there's so much interest generated by the Socceroos in a World Cup. I remember, um, I think it was the 2014 World Cup, um, at night, the night after State of Origin, Australia played at 2 a.m. in the morning, and I went to a venue in Sydney. And this is 2 a.m. on a Thursday morning, Matty, and the place was packed. Whether the Boomers can get that sort of support... I don't know. They certainly deserve it. And if they can go all the way, I think uh, if they have a very good World Cup, go on to make the final, uh, obviously that's going to generate headlines more and more. I just, I think it helps basketball because uh, especially from Sydney, in a Sydney point of view, we've seen how well the Kings have done over the past couple of years. And the interest in basketball at a local level uh, here in Sydney and also in Australia has Jeff definitely had a rejuvenation. So I think that will definitely help the Boomers. Um, it is going to be interesting. I don't know, Maddie, if they can generate the level of interest and support as you get for the Socceroos, but I think they'll be pretty close to it. Surely they have to in my eyes because what we saw in Tokyo Uh, mm. with what they achieved there and how emotional that was 
to get to that point. And that wasn't mm. even the ultimate success. And as you heard Josh say in that grab, this is probably the most realistic opportunity mm. that the boomers have had to obtain a, a World Cup. Surely we have to. Surely we have to get behind them. You know what I think the other thing is? And this isn't just a boomers thing. This could probably be said for most World Cups outside of the football World Cup. As you look at the football World Cup as a standalone event, it is arguably, along with the Olympics, the biggest sporting event in, well, in ever when it's played um, every four years. Whereas the other World Cups and Cricket World Cup is huge, Rugby Union World Cup, Basketball World Cup, they're all big in their own rights, Rugby League as well. But at the end of the day, the Football World Cup, when it is on, it generates so much interest right across the planet. Whereas the other World Cups, there's, of course, interest and the Basketball World Cup will definitely be big. But the Football World Cup, I think, just as a standalone event, forgetting the Socceroos, forgetting an Australian point of view, is so huge. Yeah, and that's what drags you in with, I mm. suppose, the, the, the spectacle of things and just how big that it has become. I, mm. I do agree with, with that point there, but I just, I, I hope we do. I hope we, I hope we re-engage and reconnect because the, this, the, as I said, the side on paper, it's hard not to fall in love, particularly when you've got Josh Giddy, a young man, who's got everything in front of him making heartwarming, I'd describe them, comments like uh, like he did on Monday is mm. uh, fantastic. Now, you've got a question for me before we get to your text regarding what unfolded on the weekend. I do have a question for you. Uh, gather round. Uh, sorry, just reading some of the text in reaction to uh, those comments there from Josh Giddy in our conversation. Yeah, gather round. Uh, looked like it was a huge success, Maddie. Um, throughout uh, last weekend in Adelaide. Uh, I know all the games at Adelaide Oval were announced as a sellout. I must say I flicked a couple of times and it didn't look that like everyone was there. But anyway, that's okay. But uh, they have announced as well that uh, it is there until the end of, or not until 2026, and then they're going to take it on the road, which I think from an NRL point of view poses the question, when does Magic Round go on the road from Brisbane? But... Was it a success uh, from an AFL point of view, from people that I know that went and they said they had a great time? Yeah, and from the outside looking in, it was hard not to get a bit of FOMO looking at Mm. what unfolded over the course of the weekend. And the atmosphere, the the festival vibe that was hovering around the the entire weekend, it, it looked fantastic in the images that came through on the television. The, the nerve that you've struck there in the, in the crowds and uh, mm. being told that they're sellouts, that is going to be one thing that is going to be looked at. So now mm. that it's locked in for the next three years in South Australia, we also had the South Australian Premier on SEN Breakfast earlier in the week who, who indicated that ticketing will be looked at. Mm. The, these double headers, there needs to be an option because... As he pointed out, the fact that you had people that wanted to attend certain matches but couldn't get in because those tickets had already been allocated Mm. for the second or for the first match. So it it compromises that. So that will be looked at. And there'll be some sort of system that will be put in place to ensure that we can try and pack out the Adelaide Oval in particular uh, because that was the one that hosted the double headers on Saturday and Sunday. So that will be a talking point. But I'm curious to hear from my audience as well, now that the dust has settled a, a little bit, what improvements could be made, uh, particularly for those that attended 
um, because it, it seemed to be a, a raging success. Yeah, and, and what you're saying about tickets as well, and you may not know this, so it's probably a quick, what is a question without notice. I know the NRL with Magic Round do, uh, because obviously, like you're talking about double headers at the Adelaide Oval, we've got two days, uh, Saturday and the Sunday, where there are three games on at Southern Corp Stadium in Magic Round in a couple of weeks' time. But they do do three-day passes. Uh, I don't know whether the AFL did that, and it might have been a bit trickier with not all games being at Adelaide Oval, but it'll be interesting. I think it'll be interesting, Matty, when they do take it on the road. I know we're talking a few years from now and see how that gains momentum. But look, I I think the concept from an NRL point of view, an AFL point of view, was originally started in Super League over in England. I like it. I think it's a great concept. Yeah, and on the point of ticketing, there's surely – so the – the disclaimer, if you like, the mm. South Australian government have a, about four and a half months to prepare for for this. Mm. Um, so the, there was a very tight turnaround in, in regards to getting this event up. So now that there's some planning that can be put in place, there's surely going to be structures that are going to be implemented. Because even we see with the Australian Open as an example here in Melbourne that there's tickets that are available for a day session and then a night session and you can hold a ticket to both if you really wanted to. So there'll be ways around ensuring that we're, we're able to get full stadiums. All right. Before I get to a couple of texts, before we let uh, each other go back to our own shows, Anzac Day very quickly next Tuesday, always a very special day uh, for Australia and always a very special day in both the NRL and the AFL. Yes, it's one of the best, if not the best day in my eyes for the AFL because of what it acknowledges. And even now on the the Monday night, we've got Melbourne and Richmond Mm. who have developed their own tradition over the last couple of years. And it's just spectacular what they can do of of an evening, turning the lights off, having, I think it's the light brigade going around the, the ground prior to the match, having the... The uh, eternal flame as well. Um, it's it's extraordinary. And then the the tradition of Anzac Day itself with Collingwood and Essendon has built into something so big. And this year to have both teams currently sitting in the top four, it's going to be a sensational afternoon. And the Storm have done yep. something very similar in the NRL. Mm. Yeah, Storm of Bates. Storm's great. Roosters, Dragons at four o'clock, uh, which has been around for 25 or so years now, and then into the Storm and the Warriors. Really looking forward to it. A couple of texts just on our discussion. Uh, this from Rooster Man. NBL is on fire, and people love watching NBA. It is good time zone too. I'll be watching the World Cup, and I'm a fair weather watcher like soccer. That's from uh, Rooster Man. Andy has one question for you. When is the next AFL World Cup? With a nice smiley face. Uh, but, oh, but... <laughs> oh, right. Oh, yeah. Good morning, dear. You too. Hope you have a great Wednesday. But this is the question. This is from the Kingswood Welder. And he says, hi, uh, Dad and Mr. Cox. When we had the Melbourne show on your weekend away, thank you, Kingswood, uh, I noticed Maddie plays working class man throughout his show. Can you please ask him what he did before getting into radio? Regards the Kingswood Welder. <laughs> Top secret. Top secret. Top secret. No, I've always always dabbled in radio, so mm. that was always the the passion path to get into. So that's pretty much where my career has been. I've had a couple of other media jobs, but uh, no, radio has been pretty much the focus. Okay, well you've answered Kingswood well to show a next to- uh, that question, and next time they we hear the Melbourne show, which you know me can't be that far away. Uh, please play some more working class man just for Kingswood Welder. Oh. 
Just so he knows that is the new intro of this show. So oh. that is why he heard it a few times. <laughs> well, that would be why. <laughs> Good to see I was listening on my days off. Yeah, great. Yeah. Just uh, great feedback from you. I don't even know what your song is, and I'm not really that interested because That's Working okay. Cast Man is a banger. It is a very good song. Very good song. One <laughs> well, of the I best. Anyone said a banger on uh, SEN before? So Probably uh, not. No. No. I'll leave it there. Thank you, Matty. We'll speak again soon. <laughs> we will. Good on you, Dan. Matty Cox in Melbourne hosts the Tradies Jews in Melbourne. Working class man. I should have gone with that. Uh, Matty, back with me uh, next week. Uh, it is 24 minutes to 6 o'clock, so a lot to get through. Stacks of text. We'll get to that in just a second and some of the rest of the news of the day as well. Uh, talking about this morning, Trent Robinson, did he get it right with Sam Walker? I did see uh, quite a funny text, uh, funny tweet, sorry, on uh, Twitter yesterday. Uh, where else would you see a tweet, I suppose, um, where I think it was a Tigers fan saying, if the Roosters don't want Sam Walker, we'll take him now on a five-year contract. Now, I don't think that's going to happen. It is going to be interesting, though, uh, I suppose, when it comes to Sam Walker, though, if Joey Manu and Luke Keery do succeed um, as the halves for the rest of the year at the Roosters, and that's a, a big if, but if they do, how does, how does Sam Walker fight his way back into that Roosters team? I don't know. It, it, look, it is going to be an interesting one. You'd think he would be back sooner rather than later, but maybe not. Maybe not if Manu and Kiri succeed. And then I know Walker, I think he re-signed, but how long, how, how much patience will he have to get back into that first grade team? Now, quite clearly, Luke Kiri will probably retire or leave at the end of next year, um, if not earlier. Is Sam Walker patient enough to potentially now have to wait that 18 months? Now, I think he'll be back probably before then, but it is an interesting one. How long, How much patience does Sam Walker have to remain playing for a New South Wales Cup side when you know what talent he has? And if you're a struggling club like a West Tigers and the Bulldogs who aren't struggling as much as the Tigers... Um, and there are other clubs probably that would love a halfback of Sam Walker's quality. Interesting one. If he doesn't get back into first grade in the next little while. Anyway, do you think Trent Robinson made the right call? Yes or no? 0457 736 736. We were talking to Maddie then uh, just about Craig Bellamy. Back page of today's Sydney Morning Herald. If you're just waking up, switching the radio on. Looks like he's going to be potentially, well, he's giving serious consideration to coach you again in 2024. Has ramifications about the Dragons as well. We'll get to that in a second. Uh, obviously, that would be good for the Melbourne Storm. But where does Craig Bellamy rank on your list of all-time coaches and managers? Not just here in Australia, but around the world. And also, just on the back of what we were talking about with Maddie, then, uh, Josh Giddy's comments on Breakfast SEM Breakfast in Melbourne. Um, the... Basketball World Cup that's coming up a little later on in the year, can that generate as much interest as the Socceroos did in last year's Football World Cup? And as they do every time a Football World Cup is on, I think there'll definitely be interest. We'll be talking about it here on SEN. My only thing about it, as I said to Manny, is I think the Football World Cup just generally is on a different level. But your thoughts from a local point of view, can they generate as much interest as the Socceroos, 0457 736 736 or 1300 01 We'll get to all your texts after a break. Of course, stay listening to SEN right throughout the morning, but do be listening at 9.30 a.m. this morning. That is uh, 
or everyone's time that this thing in Sydney and Brisbane. At 9.30am, a major SEN announcement. So you want to be listening this morning at 9.30am for a major SEN announcement. Make sure you are tuned in 9.30 this morning right here on SEN. It is 16 to 6 uh, to your text in just a second. one 1170 on the open line as well if you want to give us a call. Champions League on at the moment. 43 minutes gone. Napoli, Milan, nil all. Chelsea also in action against Real Madrid. Of course, Chelsea down 2-0 on aggregate. Uh, 42 minutes gone there. It is nil all. Milan 1-0 up on aggregate against Napoli. And we do that all for Kennards High. Heading to Kennards High for their two-for-one offer. Just before we get to all your texts, and there's a lot of them uh, there. I see Tim Sheens um, has come out uh, over the last 24 hours and has been asked uh, about a couple of things. Of course, 72 years old, uh, coached Australia 31 times, as well as New South Wales coach in 1991. Um, now, we know quite clearly the Tigers haven't won a game yet this year. Um, he said that basically he's calling for patience. Um, he said, we're still going to be building for the next two years, he said. We'll be in that position to be competitive in, I reckon, three years' time. Now, I admittedly haven't heard all of the interview, so I don't know what was said before that. And I know he's probably saying that they are trying to get a side together and uh, be get a regular side together and be consistent and get to know each other's games. But to say you'll be competitive in three years' time, even that quote alone would worry me a little if I was a Tigers fan. Uh, what do you make of that? Tim Sheen saying that the Tigers will be the interim, uh, well, well, he's the interim coach for two years and they're going to be competitive in three years' time and has called for patience. Tigers fans, 0457 736 736 or 1300 All right, stack of texts. Let's get to them. Uh, this one from the Kingswood saying, Matty Cox gave very little away. I think he is covering up a dark past. I'm not so sure about that, Kingswood. I think he's a good man, Matty Cox, but who knows? You never know. Um, this from Rooster Man. Uh, hang, uh, hang on, we all love the Roosters. Yes, uh, Roosters fans, uh, and which I... Might be one of, uh, but not many others. Uh, Walker needs to simplify his game, uh, says Rooster Man. Yeah, I think he he has been caught out a bit this year. Uh, Greenkeeping Rooster, morning, Dan. Me, personally, I would not have dropped Sam Walker. I think the team as a whole just isn't playing well. I think the Roosters' style of play hasn't changed much at all over the last five seasons. That from the Greenkeeping Rooster. Well, I agree with you. And I also think, um, actually... Uh, green-keeping rooster, that the kicking game for the roosters, um, and I know it was mentioned um, somewhere yesterday, the kicking game for the roosters has practically been the same for 10 years. doesn't matter who the halves are. Basically the same thing. Um, so, yeah, the rooster style has not changed for quite some time. Uh, talking about some great coaches, great managers around the world, uh, Dan has uh, said, well, well, Bart Cummings, uh, I'm sure he's a well, he could have been a manager. Pep Guardiola, yes, I agree with you on uh, that one. Gary says, Daniel, right call. Manu to 5'8". The roosters need to change the way they play at the moment. They are very stale. That's from Gary, yes. I think getting Joey Manu involved in the game more so is a no-brainer for the uh, Roosters and Trent Robinson. This from Dan. Uh, Dan, no surprise with Walker. Who's Robbo going to drop? Honestly, the three-time 29-year-old premiership winner or the 20-year-old kid? Of course. Um, I, I just think it puts more pressure 
on Luke Keary, but he can respond to pressure. We have seen that. Uh, this one, good morning, Dan. Bellamy, no surprises. Billy wants to fill his Queensland role for three years. Got to remember when he took over, they just got smashed by New South Wales in a series in Queensland. Then 2025, Slater will be head coach in Melbourne with Bellamy as footy general manager. Interesting uh, text there. We'll have to wait and see what happens there. Uh, this one, Jason Riles is contracted to the Roosters next year. He can then go to the Storm after that. So Bellamy extending makes sense. Uh, yes, he can go to the Storm after that. Yes, it would be interesting to see, though, if the Roosters would let him go, but interesting to see. Uh, this from the Yeovil Treatment. Hi, Dan. An Australian perspective, I rate Harry Hopman as the greatest coach ever. His record is unsurpassed, leading the Australian Davis Cup team for 22 years, winning 16 runner-ups five times and only missing the final once. The last year he was in charge in 1969. Uh, that one from the Yeovil Treeman. Thank you for that. This from the Chookman. Hi, Dan. I agree with Robbo. Walker needs to go back to Reggie's and get a bit of confidence back without the pressure cooker of the NRL. Jack Gibson was ahead of every other coach back in the day. And he also says on the back of our World Cup discussion, wait until you see how massive the Women's Soccer World Cup is going to be. Uh, the Matildas are one of the best brands in the country. I agree with that. Uh, you saw the reaction when they beat England the other morning. Uh, was it a week or so ago over in the UK? Uh, the soccer, well, the Women's Football World Cup, July 20, it begins here. It is going to be massive. Cannot wait for that. There are more texts. I'll get to them on the other side of this. It is 10 minutes to 6. Yes, you are. Interesting text here. No name on it, uh, but it says your rugby league fans are not going to like this as they make up about 90% of your audience. Rugby league is quite small on the global scale. Uh, and because of that, as good as Craig Bellamy might be in the game of rugby league, say for argument, uh, say argument's sake in the top five coaches, he's not even going to be in the top hundred in the world for coaches. There are so many sports that are bigger than rugby league. and So many coaches that are better than rugby league coaches. The pull of coaches in rugby league is so small and the game is so small on a global scale that he's just not going to be in the top hundred. Unfortunately, uh, I don't think anyone, I don't think I said uh, that he was in the top 100 of coaches in the world. Uh, in rugby league, doesn't matter how big or small it is, uh, it is. Uh, he has been one of the best coaches of all time. That's why I said best coaches and managers of all time around uh, the world. Uh, I don't think anyone's arguing the point that uh, rugby league is not as big as a lot of the other sports. Uh, but thank you for the text. Uh, anyway, and Craig Bellamy, in terms of rugby league, or even on a very small scale, uh, has been one of the best coaches of all time. But some other great nominations here. Sir Alex Ferguson, Alistair Clarkson, uh, Jack Gibson, um, and many others as well. So thank you. And Carlo Ancelotti as well. Uh, Angelotto as well. Uh, this one as well from Anthony. Uh, many Champions League trophies and the only coach to win the Premiership at the five biggest leagues. Thank you, Anthony. Thank you for your company. Coming up on Breakfast, Pat and Heels from 6am for our listeners through Sydney. It's Volsi and James Magnuson. Don't forget to be listening at 9.30am this morning for a big SEN announcement. I'll catch you tomorrow morning from 5am. Have a great Wednesday.